Serving up rounds of storms and showers. First bout coming around today. Overcast, partly cloudy, and that diminishes tonight. Scattered evening storms, then likely rounds of thunderstorms midday, and some of those developing possibly in the morning. Then a likely afternoon storms. Afternoon highs tomorrow, the upper 80s to near 90. More storms and rain Friday, some locally heavy. Highs of 80s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Rico's Tires and Wheels offers quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Rico's Tires and Wheels, quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. touch with family and friends and reaching public safety officials is critical. To prepare for power outages caused by severe weather or other conditions, you should create an emergency communication plan. First, check important cell phone contacts, including doctors, veterinarians, utilities, and insurance companies, and note local non-emergency numbers. Store at least one contact as in case of emergency, and make sure that person knows if you have medical issues. Also, make sure everyone in your house knows how to text. Check backup batteries for all your phones and fully charged cell phones, batteries, and rechargers. Sign up to receive mobile phone alerts. Backup and print out important personal data. You might buy a battery-operated, solar-powered, or hand-cranked radio or portable TV to monitor news. Start preparing today. For more info, go to FCC.gov emergency. You know, when uh, it's the food show and you missed my whole intro, so let's just start again. Hi, it's the food show. You missed the music. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris, sitting here on a beautiful, sunny afternoon. Last week in August, wanting to talk food with you. I wish I could explain these little glitches. I don't have any idea why they occur, but they do. I appreciate your patience and your understanding that we're two chicks not electronically endowed. Let's put it that way. 5569696 is the number. We have Stan on today at 3 o'clock. He's going to be calling us from Indiana. I never know where he is. He said he outran the floods in Tennessee, and so he's gone north to Indiana. I think he said he was going up there to Michigan or something. 
So I guess he's on his way there, but we will talk to him about the food he's had in the last week since we have spoken, and we always look forward to Stan. 556-9696, today is National Martini Day. Not much of a martini drinker or any drinker at all. Tom was drinking martinis for a while. Not much, though. He was He's always been a Negroni drinker. Or he started that whole Negroni craze, I guess, about maybe 10 years ago. I don't know he, even how he got into Negronis or where he discovered them out in the ether somewhere because it's an Italian drink. And, you know, I, I have these questions that I wish I could ask them, but I can't get the answer now, which is kind of frustrating. But I do remember the Negroni craze started with Tom, I'm going to claim that for him, in New Orleans about 10 years ago. And I don't know how he found Negronis and, and started that whole thing. But um, he did occasionally drink martinis. I always had his olives when he did. But the most famous, I guess, martini drinker is, of course, James Bond, who drank it shaken and not stirred. To me, gin is probably the closest spirit that I've ever had to paint thinner. And I can't imagine ever needing to drink a martini, but it is a very popular drink, and I will read you what Tom has written about it. Martinis went out of vogue in the 1970s when everybody started drinking wine, but they're too good to be kept down, and a new appreciation formed in the 90s. In New Orleans, the Bombay Club kept the flame alive and continued to glorify the drink, putting some real effort into making them well. Martinis are so popular that the name has become synonymous for cocktail. Anything served in a slant-sided martini glass is now called a martini. Some of these aren't even drinks. Seafood martinis, shrimp, crab meat, lobster, or crawfish in a martini glass with some kind of cold sauce. That's especially popular. The Pelican Club has a really good seafood martini. The original martini, according to a number of sources, consisted of gin and white vermouth, stirred with chunks of ice, strained into the famous glass, then garnished with an olive. The proportion of gin to vermouth was between 50-50 and 75-25. The large presence of vermouth in the early martini is confirmed by something obvious. Vermouth is the primary product of the Martini and Rossi Company, for which the drink is named. The vogue now is for dry martinis, the vermouth component approaching zero. Tom said he's seen menus that say their dry martinis are made with gin shaken with ice in front of a bottle of vermouth or some such joke. But Tom likes the taste of vermouth. It's essential to the drink, more so than the olive. After Tom, there were several drinks that Tom has gone through. The Negroni was my favorite because it didn't require a shtick of some kind. Then Tom went to an old-fashioned, and he every time he ordered an old-fashioned, he would tell the server this, this anecdote. 
when he was, I don't know, much younger and starting out in the restaurant review business. Nobody else was doing it back then. And he would order an old fashioned. And one time he ordered an old fashioned and the waitress said, an old fashioned what? <laughs> and so if Tom was going to order an old fashioned, that was required as part of the order. I mean, you real, when you realize you're the wife, you've heard all these stories and seen all these shticks, you know, too many times. And then the other one was uh, a Manhattan. He was partial to Manhattans, but mainly so that he could sing, I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx and Staten Island too. Is that one of our bumpers? I don't remember, but I think it might be. Yes, it is. Anyway, it is. Okay, so... Uh, Yes, he he would do both of those things. The Negroni had no shtick, which was my favorite drink for him to order. And the martini, uh, it, it, I, I liked when he ordered a martini because I always got the olives. Tom is not an olive person, which is kind of interesting. For someone who ate everything and tried anything, Tom had two things that he didn't care for, which both, in my opinion, I would consider food of the gods. One is olives. Tom has never had a great appreciation for olives, which meant that I always took his olives in anything, be it a salad or a drink. And the other was shrimp. Tom is not a big shrimp fan and never could understand why if you were having a party that was catered, the caterer would always tell you there is no such thing as too much boiled shrimp on a buffet. I'm sure that's true. It's also true of finger sandwiches, but um, both are divine, in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> and, and Tom does like finger sandwiches, but who doesn't? Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We picked up food last night from Dixie Chicken and Ribs, which is a place, you know, if I lived in New Orleans, if I would ever occasion moving to New Orleans, which I won't, but if I did, I would live in Lakeview because it's the most, um, it's, it's the neighborhood closest to my essence, I guess you could say, the essence of me. And uh, I'm fascinated by the corridor in Lakeview. Robert E. Lee from West End to City Park Avenue or the, the is it, what's the canal that separates? Um, all right, so there's the 17th Street Canal that separates Metairie from um New Orleans, and then there's that canal that runs along City Park Avenue. It's not the London Canal, is it? Patty, you, you're the you're the urban girl. What is it? Okay, it's Bayou St. John. I mean, yeah, Bayou St. Oh, John. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oops. Okay. Um, so yes. Uh, well, no, no. Bayou St. John's on the other side. I'm talking about when you cross from Lakeview on Robert E. Lee, you go over a canal before you get to City Park, and then on the other side of City Park Avenue is Bayou St. John, or Wisner. Yeah, I, don't know. I think that might be the London Canal, because the London okay. Canal is pretty pretty long. Okay, well, anyway, I know 
I know there's a London Canal in there somewhere, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, but anyway, when you leave Robert E. Lee and cross into further into New Orleans over whatever canal that is, uh, Dixie Chicken and Ribs is right there. It's on Argonne is where it is. And so I would say that the corridor of dining between West End and Argonne is somewhat extensive, probably not as extensive as it should be for the population of Lakeview, but it's a little enclave where if you didn't want to leave it, you have enough there that you don't have to leave it. And I'm kind of fascinated by the restaurants and the mix of restaurants that are in there. And so we picked up from Dixie Chicken and Ribs, picked up from... Uh, Patty, you have to take that for a while. If you are or know of a veteran, first responder, senior citizen, or disabled person who lives in Louisiana and was affected by any hurricane this year, please listen carefully. MDR Disaster Relief and Veterans Outreach in conjunction with FEMA and local authorities is providing household items, construction materials, and home repair assistance all at no charge. To learn more, please contact Joe at 717-623-0164 or Kim at 717-255-9168 or ask your department to call. Again, the numbers are 717-623-0164. That's 717-623-0164 or 717-255-9168. That's 717-255-9168. Have you ever eaten MDR is new here for and you. wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavor like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. Mandeville Seafood. Celebrating 25 years. Night and day, you are the one. I don't, I don't really have an explanation for that. <laughs> I would say, how bad did that sound? But I already know the answer. So um, anyway, well, uh, I found out I'm what going the canal to... is. Someone called and said it's the uh-huh. Orleans Avenue Canal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the now Orleans we Avenue Canal. All right. Um, so we went to Dixie Chicken and Ribs. For some reason, there is a feedback going on, which probably has something to do with the the way that the that I left <laughs> the way that I left a few minutes ago. Can is it does it sound okay to you? Yeah, it sounds great. Okay. All right. So. Um, so we went to Dixie Chicken and Ribs, or we picked up from Dixie Chicken and Ribs, and um, 
we got we got the chicken. We got fried chicken, and um, we had two sides with that. And we got a, we got a chicken and rib platter, and um, I had the potato salad and the coleslaw. And we got a stuffed crab. I, the reason I wanted to go there was that I was looking for stuffed crabs before. And the stuffed crab was um, a surprise to see on the menu. I mean, I, I don't know that much about the restaurant. I've been there one time with some friends, one of whom lives, one of whom lives in the neighborhood. And uh, I got the stuffed crab, which was one of those stuffed crabs that was then deep fried after it was in the crab shell. And, um, and it was actually pretty good. I mean, I, I expected it to be a lot of breading because of the way it was, but it, it wasn't. It was actually a pretty good stuffed crab. And we also got some, um, some baked beans. Came with a roll. I'm trying to think of anything else that we had. My overall impression of it was this is food straight out of mid-20th century. As a matter of fact, I was saying to Mary Lee that the ribs were something that my dad would have cooked. They had that that sticky, thick barbecue sauce on them. They were pork ribs and um, the fried chicken. The fried chicken was good. I mean, it was, um, it didn't have a lot of, of flavor, but the other things, my daughter, we had macaroni and cheese too. And my daughter said she thought that everything that she had was kind of salty. It was not bad. It, it was definitely not bad. The place is cute. And it reminds me of a place where if you lived in the neighborhood, it would be kind of a hangout for you. Because the food is not brilliant. It's not bad. If you want to hang out with your neighbors and say, hey, we'll meet you over at Dixie Chicken and Ribs. It's two blocks away and you go on over there. That's kind of what I think of as a, a fun sort of hangout if you're in the neighborhood. And that's it. It's definitely not a place that you would drive to go. It's certainly in the 90% of forgettable food, like Mary Lee said. I said, what do you think of the of ribs? She goes, I'm not going to ever think of them again. And I think that's exactly right. That's what I think of with the 90% um, uh, rule. Tom, please don't try to get up, babe. Please don't try to get up right now. Can you hang, hang on a sec? Okay. Anyway, um, so yes, I, I think that Dixie Chicken and Ribs is a, a pretty ordinary place, but if you live in Lakeview, it's probably a place that you frequent a lot. I was talking to a friend of mine who lives there like two blocks away, and they're in there all the time. That makes total sense. And then I started thinking about that whole corridor of... Uh, if I've got if I've missed something about Dixie Chicken and Ribs, call me because I want to go back and get some other stuff if I missed it. But it's a place I wouldn't go again because I don't live in the neighborhood and I don't need to go again. And it was perfectly fine. And there's just a tremendous amount of perfectly fine food there. And there's a reason why we went there. But um, but it was you know it was just okay. You know it's just fine. Just okay. The uh, Lakeview Burger place had a fire, but they're getting ready to reopen, I am told. 
I wanted to go to Steak Knife, but the timing didn't line up. And the more I think about Steak Knife, the more interested I am in Steak Knife. Whenever we talk about steaks, I never think about it because it's in that corridor. It's frequented mostly by people in the neighborhood. But I think Steak Knife is actually a place that I would travel to go to. It's a gem. It's a charming little place. It's supposedly got a great hot bar scene, although that's not my thing, but it does have a hot bar scene and always has. And it's a good place. I think the food is really good. I think it's a really nice place to go. And it is, to me, worth a trip across town. But it kind of flies under the radar because it's right there on that little cor- in that little corridor that you kind of have to be in Lakeview to remember. And then, of course, there's that really forgettable Mexican restaurant that I had so much, I had so much excitement and anticipation for, um, Velvet Cactus, but it's one of those places that you, that looks great, but isn't. And that's just too bad because we love Mexican restaurants. It's a really cool place and we would go there, except we don't. Three B's is another one that my friend, I asked if he had been to Three B's and he said once and it doesn't really offer him anything, which I thought was interesting input. They go to juniors a lot. The old Mondo was a big, uh, a big draw. I mean, it was, it was kind of a big draw, but then it, it didn't, um, it, it didn't make it, you know, she moved and then, and closed it. Tom, give me three minutes, babe. Okay, three minutes. Okay, three minutes. Um, and then uh, LJ's was the other one that I asked about because LJ's started in the Mondo. It's in the Mondo space. And it's it, that's been a number of restaurants, all of which have been pretty good. And um, LJ's is the last one in that or the latest one in there. And it was started by a friend of ours, Vic Garretts, who we knew when he opened. He's, he's from here. Actually, he's from that neighborhood. And then was in Baton Rouge for a long time with Chimes, which is not a great resume enhancer, but he was, he's very good. I mean, he's, he's a seriously talented chef. He's cooked with Scott Conant in New York. And uh, he came back with a friend of his from Chimes and opened LJ's. And I, I think that LJ's is an interesting restaurant, but I haven't been in a long time. And I'm wondering if you've been to LJ's, what you think of it. Nobody talks about it, but I had a good meal when I was there. I think we went twice and I, I thought they were both good meals. But it, it doesn't get a lot of buzz. Again, I think it's one of those things where if you're in the neighborhood, you go. And if you're not, it's not something you would travel across town for. So if you have anything to say about that Lakeview corridor, I'm kind of intrigued by it. There's a couple corridors around. You know, there's the Ferret corridor. There's the Lakeview corridor. Um, I'm trying to think of of any other ones uh, on the South Shore that would qualify for a little corridor. But um, if you would like to think about that and have something, oh, Metairie Road is another corridor, of course. It's just a one street with a bunch of restaurants, um, good ones, not so good ones, but primarily good ones. I mean, all of these restaurant corridors have good restaurants in them, which is kind of a trademark of New Orleans. It's hard to find a restaurant that isn't, a good one. Uh, 
I mean, they're out there. They're out there, but, you know, they're, uh, they're not that easy to find. All right, we're going to have to take a break. Let's go early for the break, Patty. I need to do that right now, and uh, we'll be back. A powerful threat calls for a greater response. When there's a battle, bring strength. When there's a problem, seek answers. When there is doubt, give hope. Not tomorrow. Not in a few years. But right now. Some battles must be faced together. Cancer fighters stand up to cancer every day. And you can be part of this battle too. Visit StandUpToCancer.org to learn more. Together. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorington. LSU will require proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to enter Tiger Stadium for the home opener against McNeese on September 11th. LSU infectious disease specialist Dr. Catherine O'Neill says if you're not vaccinated, you can go and get one today and have some additional protection entering the stadium. For those who choose not to get vaccinated but are otherwise healthy. That test puts you into a stadium with a very low likelihood of getting COVID-19, but it is not zero. Unvaccinated individuals must produce a negative PCR test result that was taken within 72 hours of the game. The state reports the highest ever single-day fatality count for COVID-19 today with 139. The previous high was 129 on April 14, 2020. The state also reports 3,814 new COVID-19 cases and 2,856 hospitalizations. 91% of hospitalized patients are unvaccinated. LRN. America's infrastructure connects our communities and makes our nation work. These systems are vital to our everyday lives and Louisiana's economy. That's why Senator Bill Cassidy led the way in passing legislation that makes critical investments in Louisiana's roads, bridges, and electricity systems. Critical investments in the infrastructure that makes America and Louisiana great. Here's Senator Cassidy on C-SPAN. This bill is an example of what Congress should do. It is focused upon jobs and safety 
and a better quality of life. Repairing our roads and bridges, upgrading electrical systems, and increasing access to information systems is good for our families, good for America, and good for our future. Thank you, Senator Cassidy, for leading the way on a real infrastructure plan that rebuilds America and invests in Louisiana. Thank you for voting to invest in us. Learn more at letsinvestinus.com. Paid for by Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions. Join Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA every Friday on Facebook for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a webcast featuring New Orleans funk musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans who are impacted by COVID-19. You can also contribute during the show through the use of our virtual tip bucket. So be with us every Friday at 7 p.m. on Facebook to have a funky time and support our music community from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge. For more info, follow us on social media at Fridays from the Funky Uncle. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. Well, Marianne had to step away for a minute. So we are, I am going to encourage listeners to call out there with any restaurant reports, any recipes, anything you got that you want to talk about. We have lots going on with uh, restaurants in town. And if you've had any experiences at any restaurants, give me a call and let me know what's going on. We are seeing a lot of things, a lot of takeout happening lately here in New Orleans. And a lot of the restaurants who don't usually offer takeout are changing and having a takeout menu. And if you go to their website, which is something that Marianne encourages all the time, call. Don't just go to their website. Go to the website and then call. I had the experience myself at Drago's a couple of weeks ago where the website said they were open. And when we got there, they were not. And I knew I should have called, but I didn't. So uh, we, you just have to do that. That's one of the things in this current climate that we're working in, that it's always a good idea to call the restaurants before you go. There's a bunch of favorite places. Marianne really likes to go to neighborhood places. And she was talking about Dixie Chicken and Ribs and all that Lakeview corridor that is very popular with the residents. But they're hidden gems. They're people, people just don't get in their cars and drive out to neighborhoods. But there's so many awesome neighborhood restaurants. And if you've got one in your neighborhood that you'd like to promote, give us a call here. We have a lot of things going on with uh, the the takeout. People, Luke's had a takeout during last year that they're thinking that they're going to start up again this year. Who thinks of going to Luke's for takeout? And you can call and place your order. You can even pay for it over the phone and just drive by and pick it up. But there's so many more people that are doing cooking since they're not going out so much that I would love to get some recipes from you. One of my favorites is crockpot cooking. I, I do a lot of crockpot cooking because I find that it's, it, it gives you a lot of options. One of the, the most delicious things you can do in your crockpot and you don't have to worry about it is chicken tacos. You can put chicken thighs or chicken breasts or even a whole chicken in your crockpot, let it cook, and then just shred it up, add some taco seasoning and cheese to it. And you've got awesome chicken tacos or chicken burritos and it's easy chicken nachos you can put layers of nachos nacho chips and put chicken 
shredded chicken with taco sauce on top and make layers like lasagna that where every chip that you get has a piece of meat in it, which is outrageously delicious and so simple that it's crazy. You know, because all you do is put it in there, put the seasoning and let it cook for four hours. It's really a fun and it's a fun thing to do with your kids if you have kids that like to do stuff like that. And uh, taco night, you know, Tuesdays usually taco taco Tuesday, but you can really make tacos any day. And then yesterday, Marianne had Don Dubuque on, Don the outdoors guy, who talked about fish. And there's a lot of fish out there that we kind of fell into a, a habit of getting fish and breading it and frying it. And, you know, we all love it here in New Orleans, but there's many more things that you can do with it. So we're going to go to a break real quick. I'm going to answer the phone and we'll be back. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls. And the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville. 985-845-2348. You make me feel so young. We're back, and we have Michael75 on the line who's going to talk to us about food. Hi, Michael. Hey, Patty. Where's uh, Marianne? Marianne had to step away for a minute, so we're going to just go on without her. I came <laughs> to praise her today, not to bury her. Oh, okay. Well, good. I think she would love to hear I, I, that. I, I, wanted, I wanted to talk about her dulcet tones in singing uh, the famous Richard Rogers song, Manhattan. Didn't that sound good? Yeah, I said, uh, if I'd have met you 25 years ago, I would have uh, paired you and Tom up as the next Captain and Tennille. <laughs> That's true. I never thought of that. I, I thought of Sonny and Cher, but Captain and Tennille's another one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So where you been uh, lately, Michael? Talk to me. What you been up to? Okay, I got a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh, First good. of all, the, on martinis, uh, when I order mine, I, I, I take a lot of vermouth like Tom like. And, uh, but I'm, I do the famous phrase, can you make that shaken, not stirred? That's right, James Bond. That's him, mm-hmm. 007. Uh, and uh, yesterday, uh, I don't know if I told her about this, uh, the figs from uh, uh, Whole Food, but I forgot to mention that they had a special on these fresh hatch chilies that she's been talking about. Yeah, she cooked some. If you go to the, uh, the, the Radio WGSO Facebook page I posted yesterday, she made some stuffed hatch chilies, yeah. and she, uh, she put the picture. She made some that said what, that, they weren't that good uh, from uh, Rouse's. That's why I was telling her. Yeah. Whole yeah, Whole Foods has got really good and fresh produce. Did you buy any? Uh, no, I'm not a hatch chili fan. Yeah, me either. They're a little too spicy for me. What about figs? What do you do with the figs? Uh, I eat them with some prosciutto uh, and some balsamic vinegar, or you just eat them by themselves. They're delicious. Really? You don't cook them down or anything? or No, not really, no. Hmm. We're going to have to try those. I've had fig yeah. preserves, but I've never really had figs it's the by strangest themselves. Thing. strangest thing. I hate fig preserves for some reason, but love figs. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Do you use them in anything else, or you just eat them by themselves with prosciutto 
by, by themselves in prosciutto and balsamic vinegar. Oh, I'm going to have to try that. But yesterday she was talking about uh, Korean uh, uh, restaurants here. Yeah. And my, both of my sons are big uh, Oriental food favorites, Vietnamese, Korean, Chinese, etc. And uh, I was talking to one of them yesterday, and he told me about all the great Korean restaurants in uh, in and around uh, Veterans and uh, Clearview. Uh, one of them, they, they said, is called, uh, uh, let's see, it's called Gogi. It's a fusion, rest, a fusion Korean restaurant, uh, uh, Clearview at Vets. The other one was called uh, Nola, and he said that was an old-fashioned uh, hole-in-the-wall place right on Cleary and Vets. And then they had the other one was called Gamdam, like that song, Gamdam style. Yep. Uh, uh, on uh, right next to David Art uh, uh, near uh, uh, Veterans. So there's three of them right in that area if anybody wants to know about it. Oh, good. Do you like Korean food? No. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but um, anyway, my son uh, is taking me to Blue Oak uh, next week uh, to have the greatest biscuit I've ever uh, biscuit brisket I've ever had. Biscuit at Blue Oak. Brisket, yeah. Brisket. Oh, yeah. Blue Oak's got a definite following. Your son's one of the followers. Yeah, but I'm one of them. Are you? Last time I had, last time I had to, now when you when you go into uh, Blue Oak or uh, even in Steins when you get the great corned beef, you always say, "Give me the extra fatty portion," and it, it, the, the extra fat in there makes both of those the uh, brisket and the corned beef delicious. They use that brisket for their nachos too, don't they? I've never tried it, but I just I, I don't want to dilute it with anything else. I just eat it straight. <laughs> so you're one of the yeah. people that oh, wait, stand so... in line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I took my grand tour today. Uh, I, I went to, um, first of all, I went to uh, uh, Robert's on Esplanade. Have you ever been there, any of the Robert's? I have. I have. Robert's is really nice. Nice stores. Yeah. I think Marianne's yeah. back. Marianne, have you been to okay, Robert? Great. Yeah, yeah. I've been. I've been trying to talk to you. Are can you hear me? We got yeah. you now. Yeah. Oh, Michael okay. wanted to com- uh, compliment you on your singing. He thought it was beautiful. Yes, I've been listening to the show. <laughs> you have. I've been listening. Thank you, Michael. Richard Rogers is calling from the grave. He's discovered a new star. Oh goodness! No, no, I'm not a singer. Um, I, I, I mean, I can sing. I just don't sing. Oh, you know, you I, I can. I, you, you're one of those it, shy little country girls that comes to Broadway and don't want to sing. I'm, I'm not shy at all. But and I'm not really even shy about singing. I just don't sing. I don't know why. I mean, I, I will sing if I have to. But it's well, not. I mean, for Tom, it's a big deal. Tom has always been a big singer fan and a singer, you know. But I've that's not been my thing. What? Tom ever try to uh, capture you in a duet at the Epistatas? Mm, no, I don't think we ever did. I don't think we ever did. Tom got me to sing one time. I'm trying to remember why I felt so sorry for Tom on this particular cruise, but he got me to sing one time, and he actually got me to dress up like Aretha Franklin. <laughs> yeah, and I and I sang "Respect." Yes, and and I was, and it was only because I felt really sorry for Tom, and I don't remember why it was. 
But anyway, all right, I need to uh, deal with my situation over here again. So, uh, Patty, you can either take over or put a commercial in. But it's going to be an interesting show, folks. It's just going to be a really interesting show. So uh, go ahead, Patty, take it again. So, Michael, what do you think about uh, Marianne as Aretha Franklin? I think that would be fun. I, I would think that would be a little out of her league, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure it will. She sounded like a, a, a great uh, crooner type. Yes, it like did. Rose, Rosemary Clooney. <laughs> and, 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 uh, but anyway, uh, today I went to uh, did the grand tour. I stopped at uh, Robert's, as I was saying, and and got one piece of deliciously fried catfish for a dollar thirteen. This is uh, implementing my uh, my motto of uh, living like a king and paying like a pauper. <laughs> and, and then I, I went that. to Pop, Popeyes and got the spicy breast for two dollars and forty two cents. Wow! And, uh, but then I, I went to um, uh, Zapato, Zapato's and got the uh, uh, turkey thighs that my wife likes. Those those are rare to find uh, turkey thighs and. Uh, then I got the Rayo, uh, the best uh, marinara I've ever tasted. Uh, the Rayo's uh, tomato marinara, and so that was it. So you really did a grocery tour. Yeah, I did. I, I, and I'm back uh, again. I, I, Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. Oh, good. Okay. So the grocery tour for lunch. That sounds delicious. And what did it cost you? Like six bucks. No, three dollars. <laughs> uh, but I only did the six is way grocery. over his oh. threshold. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't go to. It was a half grocery store. I didn't go to the Golden Oriental. Didn't go to Whole Foods. Didn't go to Dorignac. It didn't go to Rouse's. So uh, I, I missed uh, half of the normal, but uh, it still was very productive. <laughs> anyway, GG, y'all. All right. Take care. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. I think things have settled down over here. We would love to hear from you if you would like to chat about food. We'll be back. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris on the Food Show. or the issues that divide us, but how incredible our country is. Left, right, up, down, state lines to winding coastlines. Whether you come home to a crowded city street, tree-lined suburb, or sleepy small town, everyone deserves to live in a clean, green, and thriving community. And we all share in the responsibility to create beauty that ripples from one neighborhood to another and one block to the next. We are Keep America Beautiful, the nonprofit working with millions of people just like you to end littering, improve recycling, and beautify our communities. Because every mindful action and sustainable habit has a positive impact, and it all adds up. Learn how you can join Keep America Beautiful at kab.org. Together, we can do beautiful things. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. 
I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number. Can you come back for about uh, five minutes? Cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Good morning, class. A quick head count. Tiffany. Here. Zach. Yup. Steven. Steven. Is he absent again? For many kids, just getting to school feels like a challenge. Staying through graduation is even harder. That's where Communities and Schools comes in. A powerful community of caring adults, working with vulnerable kids in schools every day, helping them overcome the barriers that stand in the way of learning, hunger, homelessness, health problems, and even emotional trauma. Communities and Schools, we're inside schools partnering with teachers and counselors, empowering at-risk kids by providing supportive relationships, doing whatever it takes to help them thrive in school and have brighter futures. Communities and Schools, we're in schools to help kids stay in school. See how we help all kids succeed at communitiesandschools.org. Join Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA every Friday on Facebook for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a webcast featuring New Orleans funk musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans who are impacted by COVID-19. You can also contribute during the show through the use of our virtual tip bucket. So be with us every Friday at 7 p.m. on Facebook to have a funky time and support our music community from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge. For more info, follow us on social media at Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? 
Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Hi, everybody. I'm Kristen Chenoweth. When our service men and women return from war, they often carry wounds that the rest of us cannot see. Up to one in five veterans who served in Iraq and Afghanistan are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress. And often, even the best treatment, including medication and therapy, they fall short. Sadly, more than 6,000 veterans die every year from suicide. Thanks to the life-saving power of the human-animal bond, professionally trained service dogs can help. But connecting a veteran with a well-trained service dog can be difficult. Wait lists are long and training can cost tens of thousands of dollars. But service dogs can bring healing. If you're a veteran or know a veteran struggling with post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury, please go to AmericanHumane.org to learn about their Pups for Patriots program, which provides dogs to veterans for free of charge. Let's help our veterans heal from the invisible wounds of war. We're back with the food show. Eddie, can you hear me? Just got you back. Yep, we're back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild ride. That's all you can say. It's a it wild is. ride. It is. Five five six nine six nine six. If you haven't completely tuned out and are still <laughs> listening, probably out of curiosity to see what's going to happen next, uh, nothing. I hope, <laughs> but you never know. You never know. Yes. That's all one right. One of the reasons why uh, you listen to the show. Oh, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're. It's kind of like when you're. Um, on a highway or something and you pass a car wreck you you have to see it something like that i guess you don't you don't drive away with your eyes closed you it's purient purient uh interest i guess anyway <sighs> Today in 1718, French colonists showed up in Louisiana to secure the French claim to territory. A lot of them settled in what would become New Orleans. They wanted to eat food like what they had in France, but had to make do with the local vegetables and animals. And as they say, the rest is history. That's where the regional cuisine was born. And uh, I think it worked out really well, I have to say, because we have some mighty delicious food here. And the hybrid of the people who showed up from France and the people who uh, showed up from uh, Acadia, well, I guess the Acadians, um, all converging onto this area and making Cajun cuisine and then, of course, Creole cuisine and the sometimes blending of the two, but usually that doesn't work as well. Are you a Cajun or a Creole cuisine person, Patty? I, you know, I find that when people call something Cajun, it just means it's hot. So I prefer Creole. 
Wait, it's 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 hot. You like said spicy. Yeah, like they put cayenne uh-huh. pepper and decide that that makes it cajun. Uh huh. You know. Uh huh. So well, I don't like you Creole. think Creole is also spicy? I think Creole has a lot of spices in it too. It I mean, does. if you think about it, Caribbean but, influences. But it's more than just cayenne pepper. You know, that's my take. So, so you think that the Creole cuisine is a more complex cuisine yeah. than Cajun, and more, which you yeah, view as simply spicy. Right. Okay. Now, I think the opposite. I would prefer Cajun. Like, if you give me a red jambalaya or a brown jambalaya, I'm always going to go for the brown jambalaya. What about you? I go for the red jambalaya. <laughs> yeah. So I think the major difference, I think the big difference, if I had to boil it down to one thing, and it really can't be boiled down to one thing, but it can kind of be because I think the major difference between things that are Creole and things that are Cajun are not spices, but tomatoes. I think that you don't see as much tomatoes in Cajun cuisine, but you do in Creole. I think I think that's where it really the rubber meets the road. Yeah, I think you're right. And if if what I, I, I was about right. to say, if yeah. I'm if I'm wrong, and you know specifically what the difference is. I feel like that's it. It revolves around dishes that always include tomato versus not. Like if you look at the red brown jambalaya, what's the major difference between the two? Likely there's seafood in it, but really there's tomato in it. Mm-hmm. And I will, you know, I love tomatoes. It's really funny because I, I do, I love tomatoes. And I, and I love red sauces, but if you're thinking about a Creole sauce, I'm, I'm not, that's not my go-to. I'm not going to do, I, I'm going to, I'm going to choose the Cajun every time. It's just a personal preference, but uh, I think that would be how I would classify those two cuisines. And, um, and I don't know that in this area, a person is ever one or the other strictly. But I don't know how well they fuse. I'm just trying to think of it as I go through, like, you know, is there a a Cajun version of shrimp Creole? No, that's a Creole dish, you know. So, um, Tom says he doesn't really care much for seafood and tomatoes, and I agree with that. And you normally would see that in the Creole version. Both are delicious. Both are delicious, but I'm going to pass on that on what that tomato etouffee? base what do, every what time. What would you consider etouffee? I, see, I think all of those dishes, etouffee, all of those are, are not um, Cajun. I think they're Creole. I, I could be wrong. If you know, if you know your Cajun Creole and you can back it up and you want to tell me why I'm wrong, I don't have a problem being wrong. I'm certainly open to that. I would like to be educated. So if I am off base with declaring, not emphatically, just declaring uh, that 
the difference between those two cuisines rests on the tomato um, call because I, I would I definitely would like to be corrected if that is the case. Five five six nine six nine six. Very quickly, deaf dining rule number eight fifty four. If you don't know what brand of gin makes the best martinis for your palate and why, you're just drinking them for the after effects. I'll bet you those after effects are pretty intense. If I had to guess, based on the the spirit of that spirit. You are listening to WGSO New Orleans. If you still are, it's three o'clock. It's the food show. We'll be back with Stan after this. Upper level lows moving across. Deep layered tropical moisture will be in place today, tomorrow, likely Friday too. Daily serving up rounds of storms and showers. First bout coming around today. Overcast partly cloudy and that diminishes tonight. Scattered evening storms. Then likely rounds of thunderstorms midday and some of those developing possibly in the morning. Then a likely afternoon storms. Afternoon highs tomorrow in the upper 80s to near 90. More storms and rain Friday. Some locally heavy. Highs of 80s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Rico's Tires and Wheels offers quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Rico's Tires and Wheels, quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. At least 10 school boards in Florida are defying Governor Ron DeSantis' executive order banning them from issuing mask mandates amid a spike in COVID-19 cases due to the Delta variant. Governor DeSantis arguing there's not much of a difference between districts that are enforcing mask mandates and those that aren't. You don't see any major differences between the districts that are following the law and the dis- districts that are breaking the law, you know, in, in, in with, with respect to this. So I would just say that we're in a situation where I think parents can best apprise that. A new USA Today Suffolk University poll has President Biden's job approval at 41 percent, with 55 percent disapproving. Among independent voters, his job approval has fallen to 32%. Overall, he is just under 50% approval on COVID-19, 39% approval on the economy, and 26% approval on his handling of the Afghan withdrawal. USA Radio News. 
Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Moderna is looking for its coronavirus vaccine to be fully approved by the FDA. The Massachusetts-based company asked the FDA for priority review after submitting the necessary documents. Full approval of the vaccine would cover those who are 18 and older. Moderna's application comes days after the FDA gave its blessing to Pfizer's vaccine. Republican lawmakers are continuing to speak out regarding the evacuation mission in Afghanistan, many believing the mission has been botched by the Biden administration. Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio tells Fox News President Biden's blunder is making history that will be remembered for decades. You know, when history looks back at this moment, and it's going to look back at this moment, this is going to be, I mean, this is going to be a big deal for decades. This is going to be covered as one of the worst catastrophes in American foreign policy history for two reasons. Number one is failure of this administration to anticipate what they should have known. And then the botching of this evacuation of this entire uh, the process. This is the way the process should have worked. Okay, the way what Joe Biden should have said is, we have these people and we have this equipment, and we're going to get it out of Afghanistan, and we'll leave once we have all that stuff. And anyone who gets in the way, including the Taliban who tries to stop us, is going to be killed. You will die if you get in our way. Not August 31st, and not September 1st, not August 29th. Not a date, a goal. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. Upper level lows moving across. Deep layer and tropical moisture will be in place today, tomorrow, likely Friday too. Daily serving up rounds of storms and showers. First bout coming around today. Overcast partly cloudy and that diminishes tonight. Scattered evening storms, then likely rounds of thunderstorms midday and some of those developing possibly in the morning. Then a likely afternoon storms, afternoon highs tomorrow in the upper 80s to near 90. More storms and rain Friday, some locally heavy. Highs of 80s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Rico's Tires and Wheels offers quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Rico's Tires and Wheels, quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. It is our number two of the food show. Second course, as Tom likes to say, I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. It is hard. It's going to be hard to follow that first hour, but we're going to try with Stan Meadows calling from Indiana as we look Hi, forward Marianne. to talking to Stan every week. How are you? I'm great. I'm in beautiful Bean Blossom, Indiana at Bill Monroe's Music Park for the Southern Indiana Blues Festival coming up starting tomorrow. So I'm excited about that. 
Uh, All right. I Where love, is that? I love festival food. It's in southern Indiana. I know it's you do. South, <laughs> yeah, it's south of Indianapolis and north of Louisville. Um, and, you know, I've been looking at restaurants in Indianapolis because it's about time for me to wear a jacket to a restaurant. I have to do that about three times a year to feel right about it. Uh, <laughs> and they've got a... It's kind of like culinary in New Orleans. It's called Devour Indy, and it's basically a, a culinary where all, there's 100 restaurants protect, participate in it. So I thought wow. that was uh, that was cool. There's a famous restaurant there, St. El- St. Elmo's Steakhouse. Uh, in 1902, was when it opened, and it's just your basic steakhouse, I guess, you know, with the, just the regular sides that, that they have. Uh, but one thing they're claimed to fame, they say they got a shrimp, a spicy shrimp cocktail. Mm. And so I'm probably going to have to go by there and figure <laughs> that out. Uh, You're a connoisseur of shrimp cocktail, I know. Yeah, and try to figure out why they don't put Sazerac rye in their Sazerac drink. Because they mm. use uh, Maker's Mark, so. Oh, okay. Now, Stan, um, where? So, are you talking about in Indianapolis? You said you, I know you're in a little bean bean what town? What's the name bean of the bean Blossom. town? Bean Blossom. bean Blossom. And what's the closest big city where all this culinary type activity is going on? Uh, Indianapolis. Oh, so Indianapolis. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, well, a steakhouse from 1902 is is not nothing. That's impressive. Have you been to that steakhouse before? No, I haven't, but I've been reading about it. And as far mm-hmm. as steakhouses go, it's supposed to be one of the more traditional ones, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. You know, with just the classic sauces and the you know the cream spinach type sides and things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, so I'm right, looking so, forward to that. All right, so you're going to do that now. What is the actual distance between Bean Blossom and uh, Indianapolis? Fifty miles. So you're not planning to do a lot of trips to Indianapolis? No, after the after the festival's over, uh, the, the Blues Festival this weekend, I'm going to go to Indianapolis. Um, you know, and and I looked at the menu at the music festival this weekend and the vendors because it's all online. And I've had this before, and it doesn't sound like so much until you have it. It's called a barbecue sugar mama, and they take a full barbecue turkey and actually cut a donut, a glazed donut in half, and put it right in the middle. And you get that sweet Mm -hmm. and savory uh, taste going on. And I recommend that if you ever get a chance to try that, I'd do it. So, Stan, when push comes to shove for you, it's going to be, is it going to be festival food? As opposed to uh, steakhouse type food, or yeah, it's mm-hmm. probably it's probably going to be a little bit of both. It just depends on if uh, I want to put a jacket on because you don't have okay. to wear a jacket for festival food. Okay, so you're not actually going to be making trips back and forth after the festival. You're going into Indianapolis and you're going to stay for how long? I'm going to stay in Indianapolis one maybe two days. And then I need to be in Ludington, Michigan, uh, okay. to get on the SS Badger Ferry. Ah, 
Okay. And, and right. take um, and take it across to Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to hear about Lake that. Michigan, okay. Uh, which should so be you are. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing that report. So you are in a you have a time frame and at this moment the only restaurant that you're planning to hit in Indianapolis is the St. Elmo Steakhouse. For dinner and then Skyline Chili for lunch next morning okay. before I head out. Okay. Because you know there's a place there's a place there called Yats. And it is, it's got a New Orleans connection. It, you know how we always laugh about New Orleans food being practiced in other locations? Yeah. So sometimes it's actually a New Orleanian in the kitchen, so then it's good. So you don't see things like barbecued shrimp with barbecue sauce on it. But right. this guy had is from a family here and his his, um, his family is the Viscovich family and for many years they had one of the most popular restaurants in town called Visco's and it was on the West Bank and it was a seafood place and I think it was everybody's favorite seafood place back in the day and through a peculiar chain of events uh, he wound up in Indianapolis, and I, the, the chain of events is so interesting. I want to have him on one of these days, but he's very busy. And uh, he now has like several locations of this place called Yats. So if you wind up with a spare meal, then you should check it out. I'll, I will, I'll definitely check it out. That sounds more interesting than Skyline Chili. I've eaten there before. <laughs> Oh well, if you've eaten there before, then I'm gonna I'm gonna send him an email and tell him that you may be coming in to look for him, and I will give you his email, and then you can contact him and and uh, and we'd love to, you know maybe well no you're not you're gonna be passing through Indianapolis because I was gonna say maybe you could talk with him like you did with Milt, but then you're gonna be gone by then. So anyway, I will I'll send you his contact info, and you all can meet up because he's uh you'll have a lot to talk about. He hasn't been here in a long time, though. So, um, but but I think the food, it would be interesting to get a report on the New Orleans food in Indianapolis at Yats, if you could. Okay? Well, I'll definitely look it out. I'm on that, not that tight of a time frame. I'd probably be happy to sit down and talk with him. Okay. Uh, so we'll All see right. how that goes. All right. We'll, all right. So where else have you been eating since we last spoke? Well, you know, I went to Chattanooga, and there's only two reasons I'm going to go to Chattanooga. Signal Mountain, actually, to be more precise, it's up a mountain on top of Chattanooga. Uh, number one, uh, I love getting haircuts in Chattanooga uh, at the Lookout uh, Minor League Baseball Stadium. You can get a haircut while you watch the game for $5. And I've been <laughs> on the road for 18 months, and trust me, I need a haircut. Um, uh-huh. but they were out of town and they couldn't, oh, they, no. they wouldn't cut anybody's hair. So now I got long hair again. So I stopped uh -oh. by and see my, see my buddies, uh, Jeannie and Owen Saunders and their son, Eb, who are musicians and live on top of the mountain and stayed up there a couple of days. They, you know, they got chickens running around in the yard and mm -hmm. herbs and herbs growing. So she, 
she made some chicken and dumplings one night, which is one of my mm. favorite, and had smoked salmon one night. Mm. Uh, went downtown with him. He, he goes downtown and plays music on the corner, and people give him money. Uh, okay. So I went down there Friday with him to, to do that. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> All right, so I, did, did the chicken and dumplings, was the chicken from the yard? No, no. They're oh, just, good. They're, Yard eggs. They've got the, okay. the chickens. Okay. They have names. One's one's Mary and one's Penny. I think I think the name's Penny. Okay. Uh, so chicken pets, kind of, sort of, working well, pets. Working pets, kind of like okay. L.W. and okay. Franco, working pets. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't think L.W. and Franco work very much. No, only. They work to remind me to feed them when they're both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those two are living high off the hog. That's all I got to say. All right. We're going to hold, yeah. Stan, hold on with us for a little bit. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Stan Meadows, our regular Wednesday visitor. We look forward to it every wet, every week. Has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market celebrating 25 years. I get misty just holding your hand. Oh boy, yes, yes, yes. Let's go back to Stan, who is, for those people who are wondering what we're doing here, and I don't know if anyone would just be tuning in right now, Stan Meadows is a good friend of the show. He's on every Wednesday. He calls us from his luxury motor home with his two dogs where they are living the good life on the road since COVID started. And we look forward to his reports every week because he's always doing something interesting. And uh, he's, uh, you're, you're a renaissance man, I would say, huh? Would you say? I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I, I guess if I could say a hippie version of a Renaissance man, maybe that's more like it. I, you know, you I get think? confused. I get confused of being a hippie a lot, and I get accused of that. I'm not a mm-hmm. hippie. A hippie. I'm more a rocker, and there's a mm-hmm. huge difference, and it's a genetic ah. thing. Mainly. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, we were talking about the the food that you've had since then. So the salmon. Now, did they did they catch the salmon, or this is just these are good friends having you over for dinner, and there's nothing spectacularly unusual about the procurement of the items. If you knew Owen Saunders, you would never ask him where he got something. 
if he caught it, if he trapped it. And sometimes if you can't identify, you wouldn't ask what it was because it could be a rabbit or a squirrel or something. Oh, but he, he, smoked, okay. he smoked it on the grill. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very fresh and very tasty. Smoked it on the grill. He wouldn't tell me what all he put on it, but I could tell there was some brown sugar going on mm-hmm. with it. And, uh, you know, the, the thing about eating it, eating in the in the south like that, in this part of the southeast, whatever you want to call it, is everybody pulls out their pickles and their pickled okra and uh, puts olives and puts those on the tray. And they call that, you know, I guess they call it a relish tray or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, but that's not that's not unique to the south or the southeast anymore. Pickling vegetables is universal now in the United States. It's the hip thing. I mean, I used to. I, I've been joking on this show. My father, as a snack, used to slice radishes and put salt on them, and he is laughing. Looking down on us, he is laughing at the hipness of the lowly radish now because that is something I think it's it's just amusing to think of that. So it not not so much anymore. I think pickled vegetables are not necessarily exclusively the province of of the the South. Um, I, I'll tell you this. Yesterday, you know who Don Dubuque is, don't you, Stan? Yes, Don Dubuque. No, you don't. Yeah. Oh, you do. Yeah, okay. So about. he was on. He was on yesterday, and we were talking about his method of eating. And he is—he's an outdoorsman. I mean, he catches fish. He's got a freezer full of fish. He—he he traps things. He shoots things. And so now I'm in this mode. <laughs> I'm in this mode where your food is not necessarily out of the freezer case at the store now. I, I've got to be, I got to switch back out into the normal mode where that's why I asked you if the chickens came from the yard. I know that was a peculiar question, but I'm still kind of thinking about what it's like to be a person who could actually have been a caveman where you shoot and and fish for everything you eat. So that's why I asked you where the where the original ingredients for that meal was because I don't know if they're like that, you know. Right. I hear what you're but I'm happy. Yeah. But I'm I'm happy to know that it was just the regular way. So what else so after you left them, you have had any meals in any of these weird diners that you like to go to or you're off the trail of barbecue slash tamales slash fried chicken and just you're you're in the wilderness now there's no more trail for you to be on huh well well no i, I still had some i guess you call a housekeeping issue over hot chicken still hot chicken because i'd eaten at two hot chicken places hattie bees and gus's and then i found out the oldest one is prince's in nashville 70 years old, and actually I found out that's a James Beard winning restaurant. Uh, and one thing I found out about hot chicken, which I also think I figured out about meat and threes also, it doesn't matter about the chicken, and it doesn't matter about the meat on the meat and three. It's all about the size and, and how many they have and how good they are. Because you can only do you know, hot chicken so many ways, but the sides are what makes everything. 
I think that's true of just about anything. I mean, we we talked about the sides with barbecue, how important the sides are there. So, yes, right. I think that's absolutely true. So what makes a Nashville hot chicken Nashville hot chicken? Well, you know, they, they marinate it in the hot, in the, in the heat, in the uh, hot sauce and in the uh, cayenne pepper, and then they flour it, and then they fry it. Uh, which and then they uh, brush some heat on the outside of it uh, and serve it like it. So it's not like a, a, a buffalo chicken wing where they dip it in it and mm-hmm. uh, you know shake it. So in it's it. soaked into the meat. It's the soaked difference. into the meat. Yeah. Yes, All right. Well, what what is there a particular sauce that's universally recognized as the Nashville hot sauce, or is it just like? You know, Tabasco or something like that, and then cayenne pepper. It, it's the hot sauce and cayenne pepper. It's not the ingredients that you use as much as it's the technique of making it. Okay, I see. And this, it's, you said princes, as in like a royal prince, P-R-I-N-C-E, princes? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and tell us about that place. Is it an old place? It's an old place that's been around 70 years. They've been using the same restaurant uh, recipe for 70 years. Uh, and they probably came up less on the amount of sides. They just had barbecue beans, slaw, and potato salad mm-hmm. with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're, we're with Gus's, which is the Gus's in New Orleans. It's yeah. 60 years old. Uh, and they, but they do fried okra and macaroni and cheese, too. Got to have so, that fried okra. I love fried okra. I didn't realize Gus's was that was that old. I had no idea. Yeah, sixty years old. Uh huh. It was in, wow. It was created around Memphis, out of the store, uh, grocery store. They started making it. The family did. It, uh, in Memphis, though, right? It was in Memphis. In Memphis, yeah, uh, a yeah. little bit north of Memphis, about thirty miles north of Memphis. I can't remember the name. Uh huh. The name of the did, town. Did you did you ever go to the original, or have or do you have plans to go to the original in your travels now? I went to the original one that's the the very original one. I don't think still open, but there is an old one in Memphis where the floors are so old the floors are all crooked. Uh, and I went there and ate, and it was very good. And it was exactly the exact same chicken that I got at Gus was in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So, which like was the, refreshing to see the consistency. Yeah, I like the the place in New Orleans. I wonder how well they're doing though, because you know this is Popeye's country, but that is a good product. And what I've been in there, it's been busy all the time. How about you? Is it busy when you're in there? I mean, you haven't been. I, in a long I lived time. in the warehouse district right down there, and it was busy all the time. And that yeah. coconut pie they have there, it's worth it going there just for that. They don't. They're not baking it there, are they? Yeah, that, I believe they are. Oh, really? So it's like a it's like a signature item on the menu. Yes. Uh huh. Well, I'll have to try that next time I'm down there. It's good. I like it. It's uh, it's different, and um, and I mean, it's, if it's if it's fried chicken, how how far wrong can you go anyway? So um, the Nashville hot started at Prince's and has now spread all over the country. And I'm I'm glad that you had a chance to experience a couple of different ones. Uh, there's it's hard to beat really hot chicken. I mean, do you like do you actually like the hot chicken? 
Yes, I, I like very hot food. Yeah, um, I like I like the Nashville chicken. All right, so yeah. um, you didn't go to there's all you know what there else there is in Nashville. There's a um, it's not Crystal. There's a White Castle there. Have you been to that? I love White Castles. There's a White Castle in Las Vegas. I, I lived in St. Louis for many years, and there are White Castles there. They call them belly bombers. <laughs> I think that's an appropriate name. I definitely think that's an appropriate name. I didn't go to the White Castle when I had the opportunity in Nashville. I had just been somewhere else, and I think I was probably in a hurry. But uh, I, I can picture it in my mind where it is. I was surprised to see it there. I've heard about it, but never really had it. What's the what's their their home uh, location? Their flagship location is it is it the St. Louis area? Do you know? I, I think this is the St. Louis area. You know, the White Castle burgers are. Crystal Burger kind of knocked them right. off. They're the squirt right. burgers, and they uh-huh. they basically steam them uh-huh. on onions is how they cook it. They put a layer yeah. of onions on a big grill, and then they put the the burgers on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, White Castle has been around, I think, since the 20s, and for some reason I want to think it came out of Kansas to begin with and uh-huh. then moved over towards St. Louis. But We'll have to look it up. We'll do the research for the next visit, Stan. We'll do the research. All right, so you're going to be in in Bean Bottom tonight. Bean Blossom. Well, I, Bean Blossom. I was headed back to, to Loretta Lynn's Ranch um, uh, uh-huh. in Tennessee, and then the flood came yeah. and wiped out the ranch the other day. Oh, so they, I, it wiped out the ranch? Really? Yeah, and the, and the foreman of the farm's still missing. Uh, so Is that right? Pretty, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's not a pretty situation there, so I've been thinking about them all day. Mm. Uh, so I came up north to, to Bean Blossom. I'm going to go, mm. to, you know, actually one of Jason Ritchie, who's a, maybe the greatest harmonica player in the world, I'm not for sure, because I haven't heard them all yet. He's playing. He's one of the headliners there. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that in uh, Indianapolis. And then so, I'm going to the uh, Cranberry Harvest. I know. I'm festival. excited to hear about the Cranberry Harvest. So this festival that you went to Loretta Lynn's place for had already taken place before the flood, right? Yeah, that was a couple okay. of months ago I okay. went there. Okay. All right. So, But you were planning to double back but, but didn't make it because of the floods. Okay. I got it. Right. All right, Stan. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I look forward to it every week. I am certainly looking forward to your next adventure, and I will send you that contact information uh, for his name is Joe, I believe. All right, okay. we'll have it. You'll have it this evening. All right, take care. Thank you, Stan. It is three thirty. Time for the Louisiana radio. Oh, you know what? We didn't wait. Stan, are you still there? Stan, yes. is he still there? Yeah. Yes. Hang on. Let's go through the news. We're, I want to ask you some questions about Trinas. We'll be back after the news. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. <laughs> Tigers fans will need to show proof of vaccination or a negative PCR COVID test from the last 72 hours to get into Tiger Stadium this season. LSU infectious disease specialist Dr. Catherine O'Neill says this policy creates a relatively safe environment for fully vaccinated individuals and allows people to recapture a sense of normalcy. Adding that layer of testing a vaccination is another way to say 
We're going to keep going, and we're going to do this right, but we're not going to stop. Season ticket holders who want a refund must email tickets at lsu.edu by Friday. And Saints fans had to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to get into last night's preseason game, where QB Jameis Winston showed great chemistry with second-year receiver Marquez Callaway, who grabbed two TDs. Callaway was modest about his big game. Coaches put us in the best situation where they think we can make a play, and that's exactly what happened today. Um... Coach called the plays, Jameis executed, and he put the ball where we were supposed to be. LRN. America's infrastructure connects our communities and makes our nation work. These systems are vital to our everyday lives and Louisiana's economy. That's why Senator Bill Cassidy led the way in passing legislation that makes critical investments in Louisiana's roads, bridges, and electricity systems. Critical investments in the infrastructure that makes America and Louisiana great. Here's Senator Cassidy on C-SPAN. This bill is an example of what Congress should do. It is focused upon jobs and safety and a better quality of life. Repairing our roads and bridges, upgrading electrical systems, and increasing access to information systems is good for our families, good for America, and good for our future. Thank you, Senator Cassidy, for leading the way on a real infrastructure plan that rebuilds America and invests in Louisiana. Thank you for voting to invest in us. Learn more at letsinvestinus.com. Paid for by Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions. WGSO 990 AM has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations. So, in commemoration of our 75th anniversary, the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent, locally owned and operated and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. Thank you, Tom. It's been a most interesting show, Stan. The first hour of the show was um, eventful, let's put it that way. So I'm sorry I forgot to ask you about Trinas. I do want to talk about Trinas and any other restaurant in New Orleans that is now under another hurdle to climb. So how are things at Trinas and how, has Eman taken over already? I, I believe that he has, uh, or he's getting ready to take over. Uh-huh. But, I, you know, Chef Matt Farmer, who had been there for several years, did, you know, he really did a great job with Trinas and building Trinas up. Uh, and I would imagine that him and Jim Richard wrote the uh, culinary menu that's going on right now. I really miss Trinasa's food, and I'd like to taste their culinary menu uh, <laughs> yeah. that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Do you know what it is? is? Do you know what it is? Yeah, for brunch, Offhand, I looked, it up. I looked uh-huh. it up, and it sounds interesting. For brunch, they're doing uh, 
a biscuit with some crawfish gravy. And I, I, I've got to ask about that crawfish gravy. You know what, what kind it is, but it sounds wonderful. Uh, brisket mm-hmm. hash and beignets, and then for lunch they're doing a chopped brisket sandwich uh, mm-hmm. with vinegar and slaw, fried green tomato, and then dinner they're doing uh, blackened redfish crawfish etouffee on the side with the blue crab corn and a pineapple chiffon cake, which it all sounds real interesting. I noticed this year on the menu they're pairing it with wine too, which I don't believe they've ever done that before. Uh, but they're doing great, and hopefully they'll, you know, be getting some to-go business. I, I don't know what the – I know that they slashed down some requirements that if they have a vaccine card or a test or something to get in a restaurant. I'm not sure how that applies with to-go since you don't have to go in for it. So. Well, I, I hope that – I mean, the first time – the first – when this first happened, uh, people were – just really, really enthusiastic about continuing to support the restaurants. So the takeout business became very, very big. And I hope that uh, it will be able to see them through. I don't know what the requirements are, but I hope it will be able to to see them all through. You know, this is another difficult time. But uh, I can understand and appreciate that you miss Trinas's food because it's considerably different than the stuff that I hear you talk about every week. Trinas's food is delicious. <laughs> delicious local food. And uh, I, I would imagine that you do miss it for sure. I know I do. What's I haven't been in a while either. What's wrong with barbecue turkey in, in the middle of a glazed donut <laughs> at a music festival? Come on. Hey, I heard you talking well, about fish and chips. Yeah, uh-huh. Yes, and about fish and this, chips and about the malt vinegar. Yes, now, the way that uh-huh. I understand it is the malt vinegar. You know, the, the Brits they they cook them very crispy, crispy fish and chips, which is great that way. But they couldn't yes. put any salt on it because the salt would just bounce off because it was crispy. So they put a little malt vinegar on there to soften up the breading, so the salt would stick to it. Oh, see, I didn't know that. This was about the most traditional fish and chips I've ever seen in the states. It was, it was almost a shell, and uh, and you don't usually. I'm like, there's a lot of quote fish and chips out there, and a, and a lot of it could just be called fried fish, which is good mm-hmm. too, you know. But this was pretty pretty authentic, I have to say. Yeah, I'm looking at the menu for Trinas right now, and um, I could really really go for any of this stuff on here for sure. If you haven't been to Trinas, folks, you should go on over there, and uh, and I I'm gonna do the same. Are you coming? You ever coming back, Stan? You can go to Trinas when you come back. Uh, yeah, actually, I am. As long <laughs> as they don't cancel, I got tickets in October to see Andrews Osborne and Eric Lindell uh, play music. Oh. I think at the Orpheum or Singer or somewhere. Oh, so. okay. I'll be back. Yeah, we'll go to Trinidad whenever I come back. They'll make it. Oh, okay. I would love to do that. It's a date. I love it. All right. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, I was thinking about you just this morning because on the Bing, the Bing, um, you know, the search engine Bing, they always have this gorgeous picture, and I just love to look at their pictures. And the one today is the north rim of the Grand Canyon. And I thought about you, and I thought, I wonder if Stan is ever going to get back there. 
to do my list of places to go. Are you ever planning to go back in that direction? I probably will one day. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I've been to 27 states. And I've still got a few more to go through on this side. I'll, I'll probably get back that way. I might just make a big wait. circle around the United States every year. Wait, wait, wait. You've only been to 27 states and you've been on the road for 18 months? So you just keep going to the same ones? Well, kind of, but there's a lot of different parts <laughs> to the state. Those, those yeah, that's true. States. That is true. You know, uh-huh. I've, I've got a map that the manager, general manager, Stinky's bought me before I went to the retirement gift and it's hanging mm-hmm. on the motorhome with all the states that i've been to mm-hmm. and yeah. 27 states that i've been to compromises probably 70 percent of the united states okay. uh because i didn't right. go to like vermont and connecticut yet you know the little bit so i have six states that i haven't been to now you're doing states way more than i'm doing states i mean you're really doing states you know but Mm -hmm. my sister we had a big wedding here a couple of weeks ago and she and her husband left here and drove back to dc by way of 17 states because she's doing the state thing too but she's not doing it nearly as intensely as you are and i mean no one is i would say no one is but when you get back there i i would love uh i would love to hear I would love to hear a report, but I have a feeling I'll probably get somebody else to go do this before before you get back out there. Also, I want to tell you about this park in New Mexico. I want to recommend to you, but I gotta find, I gotta remember the name of it first. Anyway, Stan. Okay. All right, it's a date in October when you come back for Trinas. I will I will make that happen if you can. Okay, we'll talk later. That, See you next week. Good. Have a good Thanks. week. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. I know Stan's going to have a good week because Stan's having a ball. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's not exactly what you'd call highfalutin culinary, but he is certainly doing it. That's for sure. I, I love it. I love living it vicariously through him. I'm getting to the point where I'm living way too much vicariously through everybody else. But, um, you know, I guess that's just the times we're in. 556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm here. I'd love to talk to you. Marianne Fitzmorris carrying on the food show, 33 years running now. We talk a lot about dining, or Tom talked a lot about dining. We talk more just about food, but I would like to talk about dining if you if you have something to report. I didn't really finish on the Dixie chicken and ribs too much. I can do that before the next break, but I looked at every well that's not true because i was gonna say i didn't care for the coleslaw at all this is food from the last century for sure the coleslaw was really really sweet which i don't find so true of coleslaws anymore do you know what i'm talking about patty i do Uh, where coleslaws everywhere you get it it's like different (laughs) it is different but you know it used to be i think back then i think it used to be more a clear sugary coating on vegetables and now i find that it's not so sugary it's more herbal and creamy coleslaws are more herbal and creamy now is that is that your experience yeah yeah it really is yeah and i think and i think the latter is much better because i had the first clear sugary one that I've had in a long time and I wasn't motivated to eat it at all. It was so different than what I usually see now. A creamy coleslaw is 
pretty great. But this this was definitely not. On the other hand, the potato salad that I got, not only did the ribs remind me of something my dad would have pulled off the grill. That's not necessarily a compliment, although I like these okay. Um, the potato salad was very much like what I would have gotten at home. And, um, and I, I liked it. I thought it was tasty. But again, it's a different style of potato salad. Potato salad used to be kind of this uh, amorphous um, cafeteria scoop. You know how you, they used to do that in the cafeteria? They would, they would press down on this handle and it would release in the scoop and it would be a perfect ball. Yep. I always thought that was so unnatural for food, and I found it grotesquely unappealing. And uh, this was, I don't know how they scooped this out, but it was the same style of potato salad that that would be. In other words, it, it, the potatoes weren't really distinguishable from the eggs, from the mayo. It was all one kind of cohesive thing, and it didn't taste bad. It was just really old-fashioned in its presentation. Now when you see a potato salad, you're likely to see red potatoes with skins on. You will see big, chunky potatoes. You'll see less coating and more potato. Is that your experience too, Patty? Yes, it is. Very much yeah. so. Yeah, but if you were to put today's potato salad side by side with the potato salad being served at Dixie Chicken and Ribs, you would definitely identify that one from yesteryear and this one as being a more modern potato salad. It's kind of interesting how things change. and I mean, everything changes and trends in food change as well. And um, speaking of which, I just got a text from Scott Craig at Katie's whose mother... Mary is 98 or 99. I think she's 99. And uh, you will know her if you've been to Katie. She worked the door until COVID, and then they pulled her off the door. But I want to ask her a lot of questions about food through the last century. And she has just agreed to do that. So we're going to schedule her. And we're going to do a lot of talking about food trends over the last century of her life. That's awesome. And yeah, it's going to be really fascinating, I think. 556-9696 is the number. Just 15 minutes left of the show. Give me a call. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for... Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. 
Oh boy, that is the understatement of the year as it applies to the show. 5569696. The Edible Dictionary Word is brought to you today by Dorignex, as it always is, celebrating 75 years and the fact that they're one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time, as designated by Food and Wine Magazine. Mike on hold. Okay, uh, the Edible Dictionary Word is Rob Roy, but I'm going to go to Mike first and we'll come back and talk about Rob Roy's. Hello, Mike. Hello. Hello. That was a different uh, different tenor there than my <laughs> usual hello, huh? I know. I thought you sounded so very excited. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what you're going to follow it with. Uh, are, I didn't are you have, just trying to improve my cuisine. mood? I didn't have hook cuisine for uh, lunch today, but I had a very good lunch. Went back to Leonardo's. Mm. And actually, I went there for the express purpose of getting the alio olio, which mm. I wound up not getting. Oh, <laughs> you just have to go back. Yeah, I mm-hmm. can eat that three times a week and be happy. Tell you the truth. Really? Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's wonderful because you know how important a good bottle of wine is to me to enjoy my yes. food. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. And with a ten dollar cartridge, that's mm-hmm. like for free. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I brought a really good bottle of Barolo that was eighteen years old, mm-hmm. and my buddy and I and I really enjoyed it. And uh, I don't usually get pizza over there because it usually fills me up too quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got we got pizza. My wife and I got pizza a few times pre-COVID, and I always thought it was decent. But again, it's just you know it, unspectacular. It yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and th- that re- that was reinforced today that it's mm-hmm. unspectacular. That unspectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Maribo or Maribo, much better. Mm-hmm. Well, there are different kinds of pizzas. I mean, that's a Neapolitan pizza at Maribo, and I don't really know what it is at Leonardo's. It's just there. I think think you were right when you (laughs) said a hybrid or whatever, you know. It's just there. Yeah. (laughs) It's like we have to do a pizza, so we'll do it, you know. It's it's really bizarre because they've got that wonderful stone oven. Yeah, yeah. And you you would think that Uh they would want to make that a specialty, you know. Well, I honestly think that the pizza was better before the stone oven. I, I think you're right. You know, I don't always trust my memory <laughs> these days, but I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe they're just learning the stone oven and they haven't gotten it down yet. But I think that the pizza that they were doing at the old Leonardo's was actually better than what I had the last time. Yeah. But so what I did you get? You absolutely, you absolutely nailed it when you did the critique of the place about... The uh, trifecta of large portions, quality food, <laughs> and cheap prices. Uh huh. It is. It is. My my buddy got a winning combo. We, we shared a pizza for a starter, and then he got the bolognese. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought bolognese was basically spaghetti with meat sauce. Am I wrong about that? No, you're right. Why? Because what he had almost looked like lasagna. You know, it was a square. And it, it had, uh-huh. uh, it was no, no bolognese <laughs> I ever saw, but I tell you what, it looked good. It actually looked a lot better than my meatballs and spaghetti. Okay, and, you know uh, what, Mike? You, huh? you might have solved a mystery. You might have solved a mystery. When I got the lasagna at Leonardo's, it was the most unusual lasagna I ever had. Because usually lasagna is in a block, 
Okay. Right. It's a it's a, a single unit. This lasagna could have been the bolognese. And so maybe they switch it. <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah, whoever yeah. is. <laughs> two, name, two names for the same dish, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's it. Uh-huh. But, All right, so know, go we're ahead. Sit, we're, we're sitting there, and, you know, I think his entree was nine and mine was ten. And I mm-hmm. looked at him. I said, you know, this guy could raise his prices 20%. Oh, yes. And, no, and uh, nobody, yes. Would blink, nobody would blink an yes. eye. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I really think he should, you know. I, I, really do, think I agree. I agree. But you know what? Maybe that's not what motivates him. And that should give you an idea of what the prices are in other places. Because, first of all, pasta is cheap. I mean, relatively speaking, it's cheap. But you have other things on that pasta. You have olive oil. You have cheese. You know, I mean, so, yes, absolutely. But uh, but, as far as as overhead is concerned with a restaurant, it's just not food ingredients. You know, you're talking about rent. Yeah, sure. People and electric bills and all the rest of it. Uh-huh. I, I just don't. I don't know how he gets by with his prices as low as they are. I really don't. You know, and well, he, I mean, it's it's nothing but a uh, 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 just a, a support of the fact that his quality would would very much justify a little bit of higher prices. You know. Yeah, for sure. But you know yeah. what? I have to say this, and I, I I'm sorry to say this about my neighbors here on the North Shore. They don't want to pay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that's really the truth. Uh, anyone who's been on the other side can tell you that. I mean, uh, right. and they've told us. So I'm telling you, that is a problem here. Um, I, I kind of think Mandeville more so than Covington, but um, but I think that that is a good restaurant, and I look forward to going again. And I have I have the Alio Olio in the system here, so it turns up every now and then, and I just... Mm, it's good well, I rem- stuff. I remember you so, talking about the beautiful presentation over there, you know, and I haven't forgotten yeah. about that. And yeah. as I told you on Monday, the, the the one I got at Desi was good, but it wasn't beautifully presented. And it, and it also needed some red pepper flakes. But moving on, yeah. I heard the show yesterday. Did you hear it today? Not, <laughs> well, actually, I just walked in. I heard the at very Oh, that's stand. a good thing. Good thing. Yeah. Go ahead. We, uh, we went. We went to Mandina's for a liquid dessert when we left uh, mm-hmm. Leonardo's. So we had a couple of old fashions over at Mandina's, and mm-hmm. I just got home. But anyway, um, not to be just to be a contrarian, but mm-hmm. I can say in all sincerity that I do enjoy a good sweet potato more than I enjoy a good Idaho potato. You're lying. No, I'm not lying. I'm absolutely <laughs> You really do. You really, really do. I really, really do. And I'll tell you why. Well, let me let me preface it by saying that after many years of observation, sweet potatoes do not get really good until the weather gets really cold. The sweet okay. potatoes that show up in October and November are very starchy. They don't have a whole lot of sugar content. And you really have to get into December, January, and February to get the best sweet potatoes. And you know you have a good sweet potato when you're baking it and it starts oozing. Mm-hmm. That's when you know you're going to have a sweet, sweet potato. And to me, it's like candy. I mean, it's absolutely can- like candy. 
And mm-hmm. I will never understand why the glycemic index is more favorable with a sweet potato than it is with a, with a white potato. I will just never understand that. Mm-hmm. But to me, a white potato is basically what you do to it. And mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't do a lot to it. You see, like, you know, I'm not a person that's going to do sour cream and bacon and bacon. Well, maybe that's your problem, Mike. No, I don't want all that. I, you know, I'm, I'm a purist <laughs> when it comes to things like that. Uh-huh. So, I'm, Wait, I'm so, butter, so the sweet potato that you uh, – all right, what about your sweet potato? What's your preparation of that? Butter and salt. And just, okay. and just a small amount of salt. You don't use nearly as much salt on a sweet potato as you do on a regular potato. Mm-hmm. But you need just okay. a little bit to bring out the flavor to accentuate the, the flavor of the potato. But mm-hmm. I, and I okay. can say that in all honesty, I love a okay. delicious sweet okay. potato. It's a real treat. It's almost like dessert for me. I love sweet potato uh-huh. pie, and uh-huh. I love that okay. pa- that pie that Paul Prudhomme came out with. He was, I think, the originator of it. That was a combination of a sweet potato and pecan pie. I think yes. that's absolutely uh-huh. fantastic. You know. Okay. But all, all right, that well, said, all of that said, my first preference, without a doubt, is fresh French fries. That that that's what I would go with first with potatoes over everything else, including I, sweet I, potatoes, including everything. I mean, okay, all right. Gerard Gerard Croger was the absolute master mm, of uh, yeah. mm-hmm. what were those potatoes you were talking about yesterday? The uh, scallop potatoes with the name? Oh, Dauphinoise. Dauphinoise. He was the uh-huh. master. Uh huh. Of course, I got him. I got him every time I ever went to his restaurant. Every single yeah. time. I miss but, Chateaubriand. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. It's, it's a pity. I, I loved and, and Chateaubriand. His, his, his crojets was fantastic. You know. Yes. Yes, it was. It really. It was really good. Where do you get really good fr- fresh cut fries now? Well, you know, we had this conversation not too long ago, and I kind of blue collared myself by saying Five Guys. Mm-hmm. But I love Five Guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think anywhere you get fresh French fries that are hand-cut and they're served piping hot straight out of the grease, mm-hmm. how, how wrong can you go? No, I agree. You, totally agree. You know, t- Tom, Tom had a lot of good ideas over the years. And one of the good ideas he had was order, uh, order fries with the cocktails. Mm-hmm. And I do that frequently. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I do that frequently, just like you know, just to 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 get the the, the meal rolling, you know. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I get them at five twenty seven pretty frequently over there. But they're so are they I, fresh cut? Are they fresh cut there? I can't say with a hundred percent certainty that they are. I don't but think they I have are. no reason to think. I don't have any reason to think that they're not. To be honest, which I I don't know. I don't think they but, are because I think I asked once. Now, the, yeah. I, I was at the Tyler Street location, but I'm sure they're doing it at both. You know, I'm sure they're doing yeah. whatever they're doing at both. And I know I, at Arrest a While, they're not. Have you ever been to Arrest a While? Did you ever make it there? Yeah, I've gone a couple of times. I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We can agree to disagree yeah. on that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like the ambiance of the place, but uh, as I said mm-hmm. before, if I'm looking for fried seafood, I mm-hmm. need to go for no further than New Orleans food and spirits, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm always I always walk out of that place happy. Yeah. Yeah. Again, another place with cheap prices, and uh, and good food. You know. It's, it's, You're running out. I mean, of time, not not so as I'll cheep as the other one. But anyway. all right, take care. All right. Bye. Bye.
All right, the show is over, but I want to tell you that if you go to WGSO.com, you will see a lot of good stuff there, but uh, a yellow button on the front page that says donate. We would love for you to click that button and make a donation and it will be tax deductible. That's because it's the 75th anniversary year of WGSO, their 75 for 75 campaign, and they are now a 501c3 nonprofit, in addition to being 75 years as the community voice of the Crescent City and the only locally owned news talk station. So please go to the new website. It's a beautiful one, WGSO.com. And please be part of our 75 for 75 campaign by clicking the yellow button that says donate. Here on the Food Show, we have a couple of platforms, our own self. We have nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. If you go to that website, you will see on the front page, the Food Show. If you've missed a portion of the show, And I hope you missed the first hour. If you missed a portion of the show and want to catch it, it's there, right? The food show. Uh, We also have, in addition to that, 400 some odd recipes that all come out. There is Tom's 50-year body of work, which includes extinct restaurants and general knowledge about food and New Orleans food in particular. A lot of restaurant reviews, dining diaries from the last, I don't know, 30 years. A lot of good stuff there. People often send me links to my own website. Stuff I didn't even know was there. We'd love for you to tell a friend about the show. We just have fun. Every day, same day, same two to four. Check out for that period of time. Uh, We also have our Instagram page, at the New Orleans Menu. We would love for you to follow us there. If you sign up for our newsletter, you'll get all that information twice a week delivered to your inbox. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show. And that's it for this show. You're listening to WGSO New Orleans. It's time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. It's 4 o'clock. Good night.